Welcome to Disciple City Church Podcast. My name is Jerry Wagner, founder and lead pastor of Disciple City Church in Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. Our desire is to unleash healthy disciple makers in West Dallas to reach the world. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can listen to new messages each week. Thank you and have a God-filled day. And so we're continuing with our series um, titled Bear Fruit. And last week I charged our church to bear fruit to the God who owns everything. And I wanted to remind us and even be reminded of myself that God owns everything and we are just mere stewards. That the gifts that he has entrusted to us is so that we might bear fruit. And so most people were asking, Pastor, but how? How do we bear fruit? How do we bear fruit for the kingdom of God? And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So let us pray. Eternal Father, thank you so much for your grace and your love. Um, I just pray that you will allow me to proclaim your word in spirit and truth. And that all the brothers and sisters who hear the proclamation of your truth will not only just be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. We love you. We trust you. We lift you up. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let all the saints say virtually, amen. Well, um, I was reading this article about a UK company who specializes in digital solution. They were examining the problem between your internet connection and a power outage. And they asked the question, what happens when the power goes out and you lose internet connection? You see, they understand that 43% of home network users experience a network outage at least once a month. And 17% have an outage at least once a week. Staying connected to our laptops, our tablets, our smartphones, our internet is a matter of sanity and anxiety. In other words, we can't live without our digital devices. So I have a question for us today here at Disciple City Church, and it is simply this. What happens when you are disconnected from Jesus? What happens when you are experiencing a spiritual power outage? When you lose connection and prayer and fasting and reading God's word just to note a few spiritual devices. Let me make it more practical. Some of us have quickly realized that not only have we been socially distancing from people, but we also are socially distancing from Jesus. Come on, man. Listen, around here, we say shame the devil. Tell the truth. That our time with Jesus has been more like a drive-through than a dine-in, all right? Our prayer life has been more like a curbside delivery than deep contemplation. Our time with the church has been more like Uber Eats serve us than us going to make disciples for ourselves. What happens when we are disconnected from the power source Jesus Christ. Now hear me out. I'm not here to shame you, but to show you that when we are disconnected from Jesus, it is a matter of fruit and death. When we are disconnected from Jesus, it is a matter of fruit, which is life or death. 
And so how do we stay connected to Jesus in order to bear fruit? Well, in order to answer that question, we must go to John chapter 15. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And I think 1 through 11 gives us a picture of what it looks like to be disconnected from Jesus, but also what it looks like to be connected in Jesus. John chapter 15, beginning at verse 1, it reads, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Verses nine, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be filled. Here is my charge, my proposition for you today, Disciple City Church. Stay connected to Jesus so that you might bear fruit. Stay connected to Jesus so that you may reproduce the fruits that he has entrusted to you. Let us begin. When you enter into John 15, this passage is known as the farewell discord, meaning Jesus is giving his last words to his 11 disciples before he is killed or murdered upon the cross. And we all know that when a person is on his deathbed, his last words are both intentional and important. And so Jesus' last words to his disciples is simply abide. Abide. Nine out of ten times, Jesus commands his disciples to abide in chapter 15 of John. In other words, this is not a suggestion. This is a directive. He's calling us to abide. Now, the word abide, man, it has a long range of meanings, such as it means to remain. It means to dwell. It means to continue to live. Or for our theological purposes, it means to stay. Now, watch this. Not from a passive position, but an active position. Therefore, he is saying to us, stay connected. Jesus wanted his followers of the past to stay actively connected to him after he had departed. And he's asking us to say the same thing today. He's saying, I need you to stay connected to me despite this pandemic. I need you to stay connected to me despite you being tired. 
I need you to stay connected to me because in me, there's life. And so he does not. Now, and this is the interesting point. He does not want them to stay connected to a what, but he wants them to stay connected to a who, right? Here's Jesus' point. He says, before you have productivity, you must have identity, right? In other words, it's not based on what you do. It's based on who you are. This is what Jesus is saying. Bearing fruit is not simply an activity. Bearing fruit is an identity, and out of the flow of your identity, you respond. Watch this. If you are an apple tree, you produce apples. If you are an orange tree, you produce orange. If you are a peach tree, you produce peaches. If you are a follower of Jesus, you produce Jesus. Right? He's saying, stay connected to me so that you may produce fruit out of who you are. All right? So, so are you ready to jump into John 15? All right, we want to start with identity. Because if you don't know who you are and you don't know whose you are, you don't know how to bear good fruit. Oh, man. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you have been, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Notice what Jesus is saying. He says, I am the true vine. My father is a farmer and you disciples, you followers of Jesus are the branches. See, Jesus is using this agricultural language to point to our relationship that we have in him and the father. In other words, he wants to show you what the household of God looks like. See, I love this one. Our lives should look like a garden of the Godhead where the fruit of Jesus and the cultivation of the Father is working out in our lives. That's what Jesus wants us to look like. A garden of the Godhead when Jesus is producing more and more fruit in you while the father as the farmer is cultivating our lives. He ain't said nothing about activity because he's still working on identity. And so Jesus describes himself as the true vine to connect himself back to Israel. Now notice something. He starts with the title, I am. And the reason why he starts with I am is because he wants to remind us that he is God. He's looking all the way back to Exodus chapter 3 when Moses asks God, who shall I tell sent me? He says, I am that I am. So Jesus wants you to understand that he is God, that you are connected to God. But he refers to himself as the true vine to remind us of the past failure of Israel, that he is the replacement of the missional failures that Israel had to God. You see, Israel was the vine of God to carry out his mission to the nations. But because of their constant sin, Ezekiel says their vine was only fit to be burnt. Because of their constant sin, Ezekiel said they were only fit to be thrown to the ground, stripped of his fruit, and consumed by fire. And the prophet Isaiah follows up and says, and because of that, they were only designed to produce bad fruit. But where Israel fell, watch this, Jesus fulfilled. 
because he is the true vine. Now, some of us need to get excited right here because this is good news. Because anytime we put our trust in Jesus, he takes on our past, present, and future sins, making us right before God in order to fulfill his mission, i.e. produce fruit, right? Because he's the true vine. And anyone that's in Jesus, he's saying all the things that uh, forfeited you to stand before God, he said, watch this, I got it, right? I will make you right. I will give you the position so that you may produce good fruit. However, like all things, there's a problem. And the problem is there are disciples who produce no fruit, and then there are disciples who produce much fruit. Right Now, let me throw this disclaimer out here so that we're not taking this passage apart, thinking that this is an issue between salvation or those who are not saved. This is not an issue based on people who are saved and unsaved. And the reason why we know this, because in verse 3, he has already told you that he has cleaned you. He has already reminded the disciples going all the way back to John chapter 13 when he was washing their feet that I have already sanctified you. I have already set you apart. You are already a part of the family of God. Remember, this is about identity before you get to productivity, right? Nor is this based on how talented or gifted a disciple is. Notice he said every branch, not some branches, not partial branches. He says, every branch that is in me will produce fruit. Therefore, this is about connectivity, right? Are you connected to Christ or are you disconnected from the true vine? That's the question that you have to ask yourself because those who are connected to Christ, there should be a reproduction of fruit. For those who are disconnected from the vine, as followers of Jesus, he said there is a problem. Go back to verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, the verb he uses is he takes away. He says, but every branch that bear fruits, he prunes. Why? So that it may bear fruit. Let me give you some explanation here. Whether you are fruitless or fruitful, you are going through the same pruning process, right? Whether you are fruitful or fruitless, you are going through a pruning process. In fact, you can't see it in the English, but in the Greek, John is using the same exact Greek word to talk about the process of pruning those who are connected or disconnected. And the reason why he's using the same word to speak of this truth is not so much to point to the agricultural illustration, but to point to the relationship that we have in God the Son and God the Father based on connection, or watch this, dis disconnection, right? Are you connected to Jesus or are you disconnected from the true vine? So here's what you have to understand. If you are fruitless, that means you are disconnected from Jesus, right? Those who do not produce fruit are those who are disconnected from the Son and from the Father. And those who are disconnected, the Bible says that God will bring forth judgment. And judgment is simply, he's going to take away the, the spiritual gifts that you are not using, right? Right? 
the spiritual gifts that you have allowed to be dormant. See, one of the things I don't do, I don't buy my wife flowers. Right? I love her, man. I, I buy her a ring. I buy her a car. I buy her a house, but I will not buy her flowers. And the reason why I won't buy her flowers is because those flowers will sit on that table until they wither and die. Baby, you go pour water in the flowers there? You go to her, and then I have to take it away. I just have to remove the whole vase. That's what God is doing to those who are disconnected from Jesus. He see that you're not cultivating the fruit. He see that you're not cultivating the spiritual gifts, and he takes it away. The second thing is, if you are fruitful, that means you are connected to Jesus. And those who are fruitful, watch this, they are pruned. Why? So that they may grow. So that they might grow. How do you know if you are fruitful or fruitless? One word, growth. Growth. This is not about comfort. For there is pain in both processes. This is about reproduction. You know that you are producing fruit by what you can eat, share, and reproduce. Watch this. You are producing fruit because you are eating from the bittersweet produce that Christ is feeding you. Right? I use the word bittersweet because there are seasons where you are being prepped and pruned and there are seasons where you reap the benefit of the preparation. You know that you are growing because you are dining and delighting in the fruit that God is feeding you. But watch this. You know you are producing fruit because you can share things with other people. All right? Can you share the goodness of God to others? You cannot pour out what is not being poured into you. You cannot feed what you don't have. You know that you are growing in Christ and bearing fruit when you can share with others. And here's the last thing. You know that you are bearing fruit when you are reproducing followers of Jesus. Value tag, right? Are you reproducing followers of Jesus? When God looks at your garden, is he saying, transform people growing in your garden? That's how you know that you are bearing good fruit. And if you don't have the ability to eat God's word, if you don't have the ability to share his truth, if you don't have the ability to reproduce followers of Jesus, you might be disconnected from the vine. Remember, this is not about what you do. It is about who you are. Fruit is not a requirement, but a symptom of our faith in Jesus. Right? Fruit is not a requirement. It is a reflection of who we are and how we stand firm in the faith that Jesus Christ has connected us to. And so it brings us to the how, right? How do we stay connected to Jesus so that we bear fruit, right? I got three things right? And one result, right? The way that we stay connected to Jesus so that we bear fruit is to first make Jesus a priority, right? To make Jesus a priority, or let me put it another way. Is Jesus the priority in your life? Not a priority, but is he the priority in your life? Look at verse four. Verse four says, abide in me, and I in you, 
The imperative here, abide, or what we would say stay, grammatically speaking, is what um, Daniel Wallace calls a constative. I'm sorry, I got to bring up some um, grammar, but just, just stay with me for a second. A constative is what stresses the urgency of an action. Now watch this. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I solemnly charge you to act and do it now. Right? Like he's saying, I want you to believe right now. I want you to trust right now. Another way he could say it is, make me your top priority now. That's what it means to stay in Christ. That's what it means to abide in Christ. Are you acting right now? All right, listen. Jesus is not asking if you trust him yesterday. Jesus is asking you, are you trusting him in him today? Right this moment. All right, I got to poke you just a little bit right here. Some of us are living on our past trust, but Jesus is asking us, are you operating in your trust right now? Let me take it a step further. Some of us are living on our past winter fruit, but Jesus wants to know, what are you doing with your spring produce? Right? See, some of us are looking back at the faith of yesterday, thinking that we can survive on the faith we need today, and God is looking at our garden and says, how are you going to eat that? See, one good thing about fruit is it don't last that long. Remember when Mac and Ryan pulled out that fruit? The first thing Mac did when she looked at those bad bananas was like, mmm, that looked overripe. You cannot live on overripe fruit. It's not good for you. Now, I know some of you, like, I'll put it in a smoothie. Okay. Okay. Keep doing that. You're going to get a bad smoothie. <laughs> All right? You're going to get a bad smoothie. I'm just going to freeze it. God don't work on frozen fruit. He work on fresh fruit. Ah, uh, mmm. Mm, I'm going to walk away from that one. I'm going to walk away from that one. Oh, when you and I make Jesus our priority, then he promises to make us his priority. Look at verses four through six. Notice the mutual language that he is using throughout the text. In verse four, he says, abide in me. Watch this. And I in you. In verse 5, he says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that, is that the one who bears much fruit. Jesus says, I will make you a priority if you stay connected to me. Right? Jesus said, this is a mutual growing process. If you stay connected to me, Jesus says, I will continue to reproduce and produce the type of fruit that is pleasing to the Father. But the opposite is also true because he is saying, those who are not connected in me, he says, you cannot produce fruit. He literally says in the text, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you want to stay connected to Jesus, and produce fruit, you must first put Jesus as the priority. Here's the second way that you can produce fruit. Meditation, right? Meditation. In John chapter 7, he says, If you abide in me, 
and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciple. Are you meditating on God's word? Right? If you want to bear fruit, he says the way to bear fruit or to remain or to stay in me or to stay connected in me, watch this. He said, are you meditating on God's word? Let me show you where meditation comes from. Notice Jesus uh, said, stay in my word or abide in my word. He didn't just simply say, read my word. Right? And the reason why he didn't say that is because staying connected to Christ means staying connected in his word. This is deeper than reading and listening to Christ's message. Jesus is calling us to meditate on his word, to chew on his word, to swallow his word, to internalize his word. In other words, Jesus wants us to allow the word of God to roll around in our heads, to flow down to our hearts, and to cause our feet to move. You know what that's called? Application. Meditation allows you to apply what you know, right? Here's one of the things. I drink tea, right? I drink tea, and I love drinking tea. In fact, my daughter has gotten me on tea and green tea. I just love drinking tea now, right? And when I drink tea, I allow the tea bag to steep, I allow it to abide, to stay in the cup because I want a strong connection with the tea. The problem is most of us are dunking, right? Most of us are dunking. There are so many Christians walking around who is dunking in the word of God as opposed to steeping in the word of God. And because you are not steeping in the word of God, you're not getting that strong connection. And the way you know you're not getting that strong connection because every wind and doctrine, every pandemic, every circumstance is causing you to go to and fro because you are a dunker and not a steeper. He says, those who abide in my word, who meditate in my word, who stay connected to me, will produce good fruit. And watch this. When we meditate on God's words, he says, two things will happen. Our prayers will be answered and God will be glorified. Oh, yeah, right? That's the benefit of steeping, right? That's the benefit of staying connected, that your prayers will be answered and God will be glorified. Notice what he says. He says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, here's the secret of answered prayers. The secret for Jesus to answer prayer is that you are intimately connected to the Father and to the Son, Because when you are intimately connected to the Father and the Son, every time you pray, you are praying according to his will. See, most of us are praying prayers that has nothing to do with the direction and the calling of God. And because it has no alignment with his will, we are frustrated because God ain't said nothing. No, he did say something. He just said no. Right? And see, those who are intimately connected to Jesus, when God says no to them, they'd be like, man, this must not be according to his will. Right? And the second thing he says, those who meditate on my word 
or glorify the Father. He says, by this, my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. If you want to stay connected to Jesus and produce fruit, then meditate on God's word. Final movement. Final how. If you want to produce fruit, the next thing and the third thing that you have to do is love. Is love. Are you responding to God's love through obedience? Go back to verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abided in his love. Notice something when you read verse 9. It is a picture of the Father's love to the Son, and the Son is responding to the love of the Father by loving him back, by submitting to him. Notice, God is the source that loves, and the Son is the recipient of that love, and he is responding to that love. See, Jesus wants us to experience the same love and the same deep relationship that both the Father and he has. And he says, I want you to experience that. Now, stay with me here, because I know what our Western minds like to do. All right, because our natural question from reading verse nine is simply this. How do we stay connected with that type of love? And the answer to that question is simply this. If you keep my commandments. Jesus says love is a result of your obedience. Love is a reflection of your obedience and how you respond to me. Now, I know, I know what's going on in your mind right now. It is hard for our Western minds to handle love and obedience in the same sentence. Because for us, we are thinking you should just, you should just do it because you love one another. Not because you are obligated to do it. You should do it just because you love. And God the Father and God the Son would say to that sentiment, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Because I have loved you first, you are responding to my love through obedience. Right? See, what we do is we mix the words up. We reverse them. We start with obedience, then love. But that's not what the text is saying. The text is not telling you to obey so that you might receive love. The text is saying to you, because God has loved you, because God has loved Jesus, as a recipient of that love, you respond with obedience and allegiance. That's what the text is saying. Because you have loved me, I am responding to that love with obedience and allegiance to the one who has showered me with great love. Um, this Monday, uh, I and my wife would have been married for 18 years, all right? I am celebrating 18 years of marriage and 22 years of being with this beautiful, hot-smoking woman. I have been married. She and I have been together more than half of our lives. Watch this. Here's what I've learned as a married couple. One thing that I have learned is I do not do for Tamir because she deserves it. I do for Tamir because she has loved me. All right. 
Like, I, I, don't, I don't do things to Tamara so that she might do something for me or because she deserves it. Because she has shown just insurmountable love to me, I respond. I respond. That's what Christ is calling us to do. If you want to stay connected to Jesus and produce fruit, then respond to God's love through obedience. Through obedience. And the end result of staying connected to Jesus through making him our priority, meditating on his word, and loving him through obedience is that you will experience joy. And this is the last verse. These things I have spoken to you that you may have joy. Hold on. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Notice he said two things. He says, if you do all these things, you will take on my joy. Right? See, Jesus has the type of joy when he can go to sleep in the midst of a storm. Jesus has the type of joy where he can be hanging on a cross and still look down at his enemies and simply say, Father, forgive them for they know what, not what they do. Jesus says, I'm not just giving you any old joy. I am giving you my joy, internal joy, joy that is not overwhelmed or overcome by outside circumstances. And he says that when you have that joy, you will be made complete. Here's the recap. And the question that you have to ask yourself, are you connected to Jesus? Are you connected to Jesus by making him the priority in your life? Are you connected to Jesus by meditating on his word? And are you connected to Jesus by responding to his love through obedience? If you want to bear fruit during this pandemic, you're going to have to ask the question, am I connected to Jesus? And the way to examine that is to look at your life and to see if Jesus is the priority. The way to examine that is to look at how you are meditating on his word. And to examine that by looking at, are you loving Christ through obedience? Because only then will you rep reproduce good fruit. Now here at Disciple City Church, man, one of the things that we do is we contemplate all that Christ has allowed us to experience through song and through sermon. We ask four questions. What is God calling us to stop? What is God calling us to start? What is God calling us to believe? And who is God calling us to share this message with? And so as the creative worship team comes to the stage, let us contemplate. Thank you again for listening to Disciple City Church Podcast. Until we meet again, Shalom.